This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's graduation season. This means it's time to start giving some kids the old heave-ho out of the nest. Here to help us help them prepare their finances before they're out on their own is the host of the Retire Sooner podcast, Wes Moss. Plus, a woman who knows how to start a money convo, Paulette Perhatch. And on average, it's our above average home team CFP, OG. But that's not all. Halfway through the show, we'll see who's got what it takes to afford my trivia question. And now, a guy who went to his graduation ceremony and left asking, Hey, why didn't they call my name? It's Joe Salcihai. It was so weird how that worked. And I didn't get a diploma either. I don't know what happened. Hey, everybody. So happy that you're here with us on Friday. Great way to celebrate the weekend. Kick your feet up. Grab your favorite beverage because we're about to have a lot of fun with graduation season. And uh, let's introduce the people that are going to chat about graduation, bring some great advice to our graduates and people, by the way, that maybe should have got this in graduation and and didn't get great financial advice. I was in that camp. First off, the guy across the card table from me, Mr. OG, is here. Uh, Were you great with money right out of college? Well, I was going to go back to what Doug said. It's totally okay. Everybody has to redo first grade. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. So just because... Just because you might have had to do that, it's totally acceptable. Might have had to. That's fine. No, I was awful. Y- yes. Just horrible with money right out of college. Yeah. I had way too much stuff to do and way fewer dollars than I needed. And the woman who's forgotten more about financial writing than most of us even know, Paulette Perhatch is here. Paulette, you were phenomenal with money right out of college, right? Um, I'm... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just magic. Just, I just wanted to do all the things. Yeah. There's just so much fun to be had when you're young and a lot of it costs money. It's so funny cause I'm, I'm living in the town I went to college in. <laughs> I passed the place what Royal Plasma in, in Gainesville, Florida. Just today I was like laughing as I passed the place I sold plasma to literally like go out and drink one <laughs> night in college. Um, so yeah, I was terrible about it. One thing I want to talk about is like the social aspects of being good with money when you're that young. Oh, so difficult. Mm-hmm. So difficult. Cause everybody wants to do all the expensive stuff. Like mm-hmm. all your friends do. Like, how do you get, how do you get away from that? Well, a guy who I'm happy is a friend of ours. He is the host of the retire sooner podcast. Finally got him on our round table. He was here as a feature guest with his book, what the happiest retirees know, but he's back for more. Mr. West Moss is here. How are you, man? So good. So good to be back in the basement. Very cool to be here. It is about time we got you back. How's the show going? It looks from afar like you're having a heck of a lot of fun. You know, it's slightly better than it's been, but still not that great. You know, I, I, I think about Mallory just the other day, our producer was like, Wes, are you still excited about, do you still love the show? And I really the last quarter, so th- this 2023, it's really been, I felt like it's been a slightly better show. It's gotten a little bit better over the years. I feel like it still has a long way to go to be an amazing show, but I think it's still pretty, it's, it's pretty good. We've gotten some really good guests where if I'm leaving thinking, oh my, that is, an, I got a couple awesome things out of that, then I think our audience is getting something out of it. 
you had a guy on recently, Wes, who was talking about like the three things I believe that happiest people have in their life. One is, is that they, the happiest people I think live close to water, I think was number one. Another one was, was that they, they have a lot of intimacy in their life. And the third one was, I don't remember what the third one was, but the guy basically said is pretty much having sex on the beach. If you're having sex degrees, on the beach, you're living, your, you're living your best life. Joe, 80. Oh, 80 degrees was the third one, degrees. which yeah. I disagreed with. 75 is better. But anyway. Yeah, it depends. But it, I, it is fascinating to go back. And this was a data scientist who went back and looked at a bunch of metadata, the questions that we're a- asking. Then he coupled that with a happiness type project that was geolocated. So it knew exactly where people were. And ultimately what we want as humans to be by the water, overlooking the water with someone that we love having some sort of sex and it be 80 degrees. That is the ideal happiness temperature. <laughs> some sort. Which I was like, come on. And every time I tell somebody that, they say, oh yeah, sex on the beach. So we figured that out a long time yeah, ago. Did we need a study for that? <laughs> yeah, do we really need a data scientist for that one? But I went from, and I just, I, I was just in, I was thinking about this because I was in Park City recently. So I live in Atlanta, but I love to snowboard. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And the West Coast this winter had the best snow in a century. It's gotten like 700 inches, 800 inches. It's really been remarkable. But, uh, and we had the best snow I've ever had, two feet of powder, but it was a blizzard the whole time. It was 10 degrees, five degrees, wind. They shut the list down early. So as great as that trip was, I got home at you know one in the morning. My flight was delayed. Somebody almost got kicked off the plane. Big fan, by the way, of the... Betty in the Sky podcast. I don't know if that's ever come up here. But Never. when I got the next day, I had I had to play golf and it was 78 degrees. Mm. And I was so happy the whole day. And it really it was sunny. <laughs> it was warm. And the guy's right. Well, we got Wes Moss here. We've got Paulette Perhatch. We've got OG. We've got Doug. But first, this episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they offer 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal dot org for full terms conditions and other offers navy and federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender let's get this party started our piece today comes to us from the balance and it's written by deborah Foles. financial planning tips for recent college graduates and frankly guys 
while this list is okay, I really think that this team we have assembled here is a better team talking about tips for money because, well, for uh, Paulette, what you talked about, no, G, what you talked about, you know, some of us struggle with money. We had to learn about it. Wes, I didn't ask you. Have, were I know, you, glad. No, that's okay. You can were skip you good me. with money? You were good with money, like, right, right at birth, I feel like. I feel like not really. you've had the longest running financial radio show not like really your- i've always been okay and this is going to be maybe part of my tip so i don't want to give it away but i've always been able to have companies and have businesses i've always was able to bring in revenue and money but it's hard to be a great saver even if you know to be a good investor it's hard when you're young when you when you get out of school and you're 20 when you're 21 22 it's just almost impossible to be great. You can't be great with money. You can start out and not mess it up. But I think it's just really hard. So I, I would say my first 10 years was not not necessarily great. It took a while to get the, the, let's say, the habits of being a good saver. But that, that came with a little bit of time. That's interesting, though, because I think the income piece is one of the hardest pieces for a lot of people to solve that sometimes it just is an income problem. The first one on this list though, Wes, you were talking about owning businesses. They actually start with you working for the quote man, right? Working for somebody else. They start off with look at more than just salary. Don't look at just what they're going to pay. Look at the whole package. Did you agree with that as a, like the number one tip Paulette people should have out of college? I mean, (laughs) As someone who's a writer, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, you you know, you realize how long your career is and you don't want to hate your job. So I love my job, which is great. But it can be often that, you know, you choose the joy of making good money with or the joy of liking your job. Some people get both, which is fantastic. And I enjoy I look forward to the day when I will be that person. It's funny. My daughter chose a job right out of college uh, based on the salary and she liked what she did. She did not like at all the company she worked for, didn't love mm-hmm. what she did. And it was all yeah. because she went for salary. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes it can be a temporary thing, right? I'm going to do that up until this period. And I think that's what's cool about like the financial independence movement. If you're like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to work in computer science for five years and I'm going to live like I'm a teacher and I'm going to bank all that money and then I'm going to do X, Y, Z, right? I think that's fine to do something for a limited time. Oh, gee, I like how Paulette brought up quality of life, but what other things should people look at if they're looking at more than just salary for that first job? Well, when I saw that part, I was thinking about not just uh, quality of life and, and that component of it. I was thinking about like all the other things that come in with, you know, a job offer air quotes, right? Things like what's the retirement plan contribution match look like? What does the health insurance benefits uh, look like? What, what uh, to your point, Paulette, what is the, uh, free time look like? What are your vacation days and how does that structured? And, you know, how do I earn more of those? And that sort of thing was what's the work-life balance as it relates to all in the office, all at home, somewhere in the middle type of thing. Travel. What are the travel requirements? It sounds really cool. And I remember when I was in college, I wanted to be an investment banker or a consultant like a McKinsey or something like, oh, how great is that? You travel every week and you're kind of on planes and that's super fun. And then I met all the people who do that <laughs> and they're not having as much fun as I thought no. that I, I would have had, had I had that job, right? Like living out of your suitcase for, for five days a week. I actually met a person who uh, worked for one of the big consulting companies and every other week he worked in Europe and he would come home on Friday, he, you know, fly home on Friday, but because he landed earlier in the day, he would go back to the office on Friday. Like even though he worked a full day in Europe, and then flew oh. home and would land with still time in the workday, so to speak. He would Mm-mm. go to the office. And I was like, that is insane, man. So I think all those other like kind of, you know, a health club membership or a discount on financial planning services or, you know, all those things that you can get from an, uh, an employment arrangement that's, that's not just wrapped around your salary 60 grand. What OG just said, I totally get. And I advocate for that. So I I want people to be able to have this amazing work-life balance in their 50s plus. But I actually think it's a financial disaster for college kids to think that way because there has been such a movement to not be like the baby boomers who work too much Mm. that I I think the pendulum has gone too far to think about all this work-life balance early on. And I think that it should be the opposite. 
I think that when you're 22, for the first decade, you should work all the time, every day, forever, period. <laughs> Wes is like, work every day, all the time for me. You should never think about vacation. You should never think about, oh, I'm going to go. I need extra time off. I want to go. I think it's to that's total BS. I think when you're young, you have got to think 100% about work and career to get to the point where you have real earnings potential, and then you can have a little bit of glide. By, and by the way, when you're in your 20s, even if you're working your ass off, you still have more fun stuff than anybody else in the world. Because yeah. everybody, you got like three weddings to go to, four weddings every year. So you get to rock it out no matter what. And you can eat like crap and you you know, you don't have to work out because you're in your 20s. It's like our friend Dana Ansbach said, what's what's wrong with a life well worked? Which I think is kind of your kind of kind of Thank your point you, there, Wes. Right. No, that wasn't me. That's Dana. <laughs> I'm quoting yeah, that's, somebody. That's, so I just right. remember the quote. But uh, uh but no, I mean I happen to believe a lot of that also. Like, you know, the opportunity that young people have in the power of compounding is so over, you know, they, we just don't get it, right? I'm 45 and I look back to when I was 25 and I'm going, oh my gosh, if I would have just, right? Mm -hmm. Was it really that hard to work that extra little bit when Roth IRAs were 2000 bucks a year, $166.67 a month? And I was like, nah, it's a little tight. I can't do it right now. It's like, but don't Dude. you think like when I think about Gary Vaynerchuk and he talks about working all the time in his 20s and how his friends were all out having fun and, you know, there's things you can't get back that you can't like Gary V can't go to the Jersey Shore now as a 56 year old person and be like, I'm here to party. It's like, mm, you know, I mean, I value and granted, I am I am probably on that too far of a pendulum swing of too much partying, too much fun. But the big fun, I wish I had cooked at home more and not done those stupid meals out and saved that money. But the big trips, you know, those are the cornerstones of like my happy memories of that time. So like dumb stuff, I wish I would have spent less on, but big, crazy risks and fun and travel, no regrets. It's funny. I think there's power in having some bad jobs. It's funny. I know people right out of college that wanted to have the best job ever. And there's power when you've done some really crappy jobs, like the gratitude you have when you get a semi-decent job, you end up rocking that opportunity where somebody else goes, are you kidding me? We're in this, you know, whatever situation. But I also think there's something to be said for working smarter, right? So I agree where, with what you're saying, Wes, that work hard in your 20s. But, but I also think if I would have worked a lot smarter, I worked my ass off in my 20s and I worked stupid, like mm. I had some great bad jobs, but I did not go for the jugular for the better jobs as quick as I probably should have. I didn't go for more income as well as I should have. Like I worked dumb. Like I, I hear what you're saying, but I think you also have to have some sort of a, if not a game plan, maybe a mentor. Yeah. Look, so my ultimate goal for every, um, you mentioned the data scientists. If we want to get people to financial freedom, we all know that you, our career and our earnings potential is, is our biggest asset, right? So how do we maximize that? And, and the only way to maximize it, or the, the number one way to maximize it, if you look at IRS data and you look at who makes the most income in America, and this is data scientists that I had on, on my podcast recently, it goes back to small and medium-sized regional business owners that own beverage distribution companies and trucking companies and car dealerships and things you, you don't aspire to when you get out of college. You're like, oh, I would love to have a trucking distribution center one day. <laughs> if I could just do that, forget the McKinsey job. So the people that really have the economic freedom because they, have, they really have income, they are almost all business owners, period, end of story. And the way I look at that first job is not as the package of the retirement and all the other things that come along with it, or even the salary. It is just a stepping stone as a real education so that I can get to that. So whatever's going to teach me in my first five to seven years after college, whatever company it is, whatever you think you, what path you might wiggle down to ultimately be able to work for yourself is to me that education is the prize of that first five to seven years. But are you familiar with uh, Bill Perkins, Die Broke, Wes? 
Uh, no, actually, no. Because th- is he good? Well, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and he's a guy who's made a bunch of money. Um, uh, die with zero, I think, Joe. Die with zero. Yes. Yeah. Better book title. Die broke. But he's he's singing off the same song sheet. I think that Paulette's singing off of, which is that there is a season. And when he was on our show, he was talking about how. You know, in his 50s, I kind of quote him because I talk about how I'm too bougie for this. I'm too bougie for that. He on our show was like, yeah, my friend at Goldman Sachs took a sabbatical and he went to Europe for a month month and hiked part of the, the Camino, right? So he hiked the way and Bill didn't do that. He's like, are you crazy? We're in this intensive thing. We're working for Goldman Sachs. You're going to lose your place in line. And he's like, the thing I wish I had was that back. He goes, because now I'm in my 50s and I'm far too bougie to stay at a hostel and walk all day and be grimy. He's like, I'm going to a five-star hotel. I'm having a big, nice dinner. He goes, I got money. There's no way in hell I'm going to do the backpack across Europe thing. I think, is that, Paulette, what you're saying? You know, yeah, it's actually funny. I mean, I just, I try to keep my bouginess to, uh, I try to keep, not my bouginess. I love going bougie, but I love my ability to camp on the beach in Mexico, my friend was like, he's like, I've never camped on the beach. And he's like, I think it's too late for me. I'm too bougie now. And I was just like, I will de-bougie you if you need me to, you know, but it is, there's certain things where it's like, I am, you know, I don't want to sleep in a room with 10 other people. I have done plenty of that. I don't want to couch surf. I don't want to be in a middle seat on Spirit Airlines there are some things where I tolerated it when I was young and now I know that I'm not going to tolerate that or that like, or the people around me too. I mean, there is, I can't get, you know, a bunch of my friends to take 10 days off or two weeks or a month and go to Europe. Now it's like people have kids, life gets way more complicated when you're older. Even if my specific life could facilitate that, I couldn't do that with the people around me. It's a good point. Yeah. But I mean, there's also, I will say, if you look at my bank account, you'll be like, I'm scared to take any advice from you. So just know that there's balance. I think that what we're getting at, though, is that there's a trade-off. Yeah, there's yeah. a balance, like you said, Paula. Yeah. 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 And maybe I think of this, guys, is Joe, I think that's it. It's Eventually, there's the trade-off. You either do it now, you do it later. And I think mm-hmm. I, maybe Paulette and I have done it in reverse, where I remember over and over and over again, you know, investing is about delayed gratification, right? And I think my first 10 slash 15 years were a lot of delayed gratification. And it was a lot of guys trips that I didn't go on. And I remember several of them specifically mm-hmm. didn't go to a, like a, a, a trip to Germany with a couple, a, a bunch of guy friends. And I, I still regret that. I mm-hmm. mean, honestly, Paula, um, mm-hmm. however, however, in the last 10 years, uh, not so. The first fifteen were pretty light on trips. The last ten, between having four kids that all like to ski and snowboard now, and I golf. I mean, I've been, I've, I've probably double made up for all those trips be, because, and I don't know if it was all the delayed gratification, but I, I think either delay it early or you delay it late. Either way, you gotta. Mm-hmm. It's a delayed to gratification. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm working my butt off right now and I am able to tell myself, I'm like, cause you, you messed around for a solid decade, you know? So like, if I'm like, why am I working so hard? I'm not where I want to be. It's like, you know why, you know why. (laughs) So yeah, for sure. Well, I love the fact that we took that much time on step one, but there's a lot of these. We're going to go a little bit more rapid fire through a couple of these before we get to our halftime trivia. Second on this list, I do like the point though, they take look at more than salary. This is exactly what I was hoping for, guys, is that you guys took that to a much bigger level. Don't think salary. Think about your life in a bigger, bigger way. Second, though, listen to this one. Consider moving in with your parents. Talk about doubling down. If you do the West Moss, I'm going to go on the grindstone and I'm not going to have any bills. We'll go the opposite way. Wes, we'll start with you. What do you think about that one? Out of college, consider moving in with mom and mom or dad. I think it's awesome. It, it's interesting when you're super independent, like uh, let's say uh, if you're going to end up at running your own company, you probably have this independent mindset. Looking back at being 21, I would have never wanted to do it, but I love the idea now. So when I hear somebody who's like 22, 23, and they're are living with their parents, I think it's a super smart move. And maybe it's because the way, relationship I have with my parents, I wanted to get away. I wanted to be independent. But I, and that's a long time ago. It's a quarter of a century ago. 
I look at today, I look at that a lot differently. And I see relationships with 20 somethings that have pretty healthy, good relationships with their parents. And they don't turn green in the face at the thought of, of being with their parents for a couple of years. I love that idea. Oh, gee, down with that one. I couldn't have done this in a million years. There's no way I was moving back in with my parents. <laughs> I left for the Marine Corps nine days after I graduated high school. So, so no, I was, there was no chance. I was, uh, I barely made it the last semester of my senior year of high school, frankly, you know, cause I was already 18. I think a lot of it has to do with the dependency or interdependency. Wes, like you were talking about, like if my kid, I'm thinking about this in my perspective, I have a 16 year old, almost 16 year old who's a sophomore. He's got two years till college, four years of college. And then, you know, presumably he'll be on his own, but let's assume that he graduates and he's like, I got a job. It's in Dallas. I'm going to be a data scientist, dad. It's down the street. How about I just, you know, and he's helping out with the bills or he makes his own dinner or, you know, whatever. And it's not this dependency of like, I'm still continuing to raise my kid. You know, that's totally fine, but I'm not going to take him on the same, you know, we're not going to go on the same vacations because you happen to be in the same house at the, you know, anymore, right? Like it's time for you, your mom and I to go do stuff, or we're going to do stuff with your sister because she's younger. You're an adult. You've got other things to do, but if you're hanging out here to save some money, I can get behind that. I mean, I, I I like my kids. I like being around them. Doesn't sound like it. But if it's the other side of it where it's like, <laughs> they have to be here. Sorry. Well, well if the job's down the street, then. <laughs> well, I, you know, having lived in South America, I was like, why are we so obsessed with leaving the house the second we turn 18? And it is this like status symbol. And if you think about it, it's kind of wasteful. You know, it's like you have this whole house if there's space. And I think it has come to represent that you're slacking, that you're not contributing and you're not a successful person. And I think, you know, I think especially like a young guy might be afraid to be like, oh, I'm living with my parents. But if you, if I went on a date with a guy at that age who was like, you know what, I'm saving up to buy my own house. I'm debt free. I have a plan to pay off my student loans in three years. And it involves like staying at my parents' house for at least two more years. I'd be like, this guy is like going places. Like, that's fine, right? If it's just like, yeah, I live with my parents, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly, a whole different thing. Right? If it's a dependency type of thing, Paulette, then then it's a little yeah, funky if thing. You're contributing, but if, I think it's great. Contributing, right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I like, I definitely, on my website, I have my author's bio and then I have failures, humiliations, and rejections. That's written in the style of an author's bio, but like everything that's gone wrong in my life. And it says that I did an eight month residency uh, at my mom's house when I was 28. <laughs> eight month um, residency. True story. Yeah. So it's much more fun if you do it with agency rather than like, yeah, no, yeah. Agency. it seems much more, <laughs> less uncool today than when I got out of college. When somebody says that to me yeah. today, the 22, I think, oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. When I, it was very, it, way less cool back in my early twenties. I wasn't about yeah. being cool. Mine was about, you know, and people that knew me might've thought living at home, if I pull it, put it the way that you put it that I would be, hey, he's going places, but I needed mental sanity. And I love my parents, but in much shorter lengths of time, <laughs> like I would, I, I just could not do that 18, anymore. 18 years worth all at once. And you're like, I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. I got enough of that experience. Love, love mom, love podcast from basement. Mom, we love you. However, just living here full time, probably not the, not the thing. Next up on this was don't buy a new car, making budgeting a habit. You know what? We're going to defer those to the second half of this discussion, because what I really want to get is not just those. I really want to get your best advice for college graduates or for high school graduates here in graduation season. But before we do that, at the halfway point of every show, we have this year-long trivia competition going on between our three frequent contributors, OG, Paulette Perhatch, and Mr. Len Penzo, who, Wes, today you're playing for Team Len. And Wes, I've got good news for you and bad news. Which one would you like first? Um, I guess I'll go. I'm always bad first. Well, the bad news is, is that you don't get to guess last. You have to guess second because we have a three-way tie. Everybody's got four points each. OG as reigning champion is going to take first crack at it. Then you'll, you'll guess after him. And then Paulette will decide where she wants to land last, but a three-way tie. Who's going to take the lead? There's only one way to find out. And that's with Doug's uh, trivia question. Doug, what do we got this week? 
there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm doing my part to help mold the minds of future generations. Turns out I'll be heading back to Southwest Bahama State Technical Institute and Beauty School, where I graduated with a degree in alchemy, to be the commencement speaker for the 2023 graduate and valedictorian, Stacy, who just so happens to be Southwest Bahama State Technical Institute and Beauty School's star quarterback and the sole member of the award-winning marching band. It's a pretty big deal to be asked by such a prestigious school. That type of education must have set Stacy back a pretty penny. Which brings me to my trivia. According to U.S. News & World Report, tuition costs are rising faster than Joe's mom's blood pressure, with private schools increasing by 4% in the last year. Even with the increase, it's still about 74% less expensive to attend a public college in-state than a private college. So that's my trivia question today. What is the average cost of a private tuition and fees? I'll be back right after I find my backless graduation gown. It gets hotter than blue blazes in the Bahamas. Believe me, you'll thank me for keeping things aired out. I think we, I think, will. Th- yes, we absolutely will. I feel like this is the opposite of asking a politician what a gallon of milk costs. <laughs> <laughs> very, well, very, very well, Mike. Have you seen that video, Paulette, where uh, uh, Bill Gates is with Oprah and they're playing like the Price is Right game? <laughs> it's like way it was off. actually it was actually OG with uh, with Ellen. Oh, it was Ellen. Was, okay, I'm was, sorry, I said Oprah with yes, Ellen right, DeGeneres, Ellen. and and let's listen to just a couple seconds of that. Test your knowledge of some everyday items that you get at the supermarket. When's the last time that you have been at a supermarket? Long time ago. Okay. All right. <laughs> this will be interesting. All right. If you can guess three out of the five uh, products within a dollar of each one, uh, the, pro- the, the audience will get something. Okay? Sorry, audience. If, if you get all of them, we'll pay off your children's student loans. <laughs> <laughs> no, no danger yeah. there. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Twitch is going to be our prize model. Um, and here we go. There is rice right there. The San Francisco treat, of course. How much do you think rice would be within a dollar? Mm, five dollars. <laughs> okay, let's... The audience let, didn't like that. Let's see. Ready? Oh, it's a dollar. Look, what a bargain. What a, I'll take five. I know. <laughs> Bill Gates knows a deal when he sees one. Was this yeah. pre-inflation or, or post? This was a 2018. 2018. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 He was way off. He's probably, it'd be right now. He would be almost correct now. Remember we were all young and foolish and there had been no pandemic and the price of eggs cost less than the price of a car. Remember that? <laughs> Those were the days, man. All right, OG, what's your answer? Private school. Uh, is this an annual question or is this a cumulative four-year question? Annual. Annual. Uh, the average cost of a private school tuition, including fees, in the United States. Is that the question? Correct. All right. I thought I heard it correctly. I just want to, I'm going to say uh, $90,300. 90,300 locks in. Wes, uh, you, wh- wh- why'd you whistle? Well, is it, are we, oh, because he's skewing me here. It's called an anchor. He, he was skewing what I was going to st- say a little bit. He's anchoring you. Are, are we, he's anchoring me. And is it the closest to the number wins or do we, we have to be within a certain amount or is there it's an over closest. under go bust? Yeah, okay. we're playing, closest. we're playing uh, horseshoes with the answer. He really anchored me. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I was going to say and then what I'll give you my answer. I was going to say 54,000, but because OG skewed me higher. I'm going to say 62,500. 62,500. Paulette, a lot of room between the two of those. That's tough. How am I going to Chelsea Brennan this? God. Um, uh, Who's Chelsea Brennan? All right, private. School. Ch- Chelsea Brennan <laughs> is a frequent guest of the show who always just does $1 off of one of these answers. So she's, she's going to lop one of you two off at the knees. Yes. She was the first person to do it. So we turned Chelsea's name into a verb. She'd be a fantastic guest, Wes, for your show, by the way. She's pretty amazing. Smart Money Mamas is her brand. Private school. 
rich people. (laughs) (laughs) Or people that just value private education. I have no idea. Private school. Okay. I think... Oh, God. All right. What was OG's answer? 9,300. 90,300. <laughs> 93,000. I'm going to do 90,301 cent. That's your answer. Statistically taking the over. That's my answer. 90,301.1 cent. 93,01. Paula takes the upside. All right. We've got them all locked and loaded. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We're going to let you come up with your answer while you listen to this. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, OG, you did the anchor in by saying 90,300. How are you feeling about that? Shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Wes, you you raised your answer by, you said your initial thought was 50000 so you would- Yeah, I raised it by $9,500. Yeah. Because of OG, yeah. Yeah, feeling good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to win. I think it's. I'm going to get a point for Len here. Well, Paulette, you're on the opposite side of this. You thought that Wes is way low. You I think know. he's way low. I think I'm like the opposite of of Bill Gates, where I'm just like, I don't know how much is that- Private education, well, hundred thousand, whatever. I think I went high. I should have gone lower. My first thought was fifty thousand as well, so that shows something that we both had that thought first. That is interesting. All right, Doug, who's going to take home the win today? Well, hey there, stackers. I'm master slacker of ceremonies and mentor of minds, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Hey, Wes, I was wondering, what was it like to graduate before electricity? It must have been difficult writing in chalk in the dark. You didn't have to answer. We all know it sucked. Speaking of things that suck, paying for college tuition, am I right? We're pondering what a 4% increase to the cost of a private education in the last year puts the total at. It's got to be a lot since it's 74% more than what public college cost. Do you know what the average cost of private tuition and fees is? Well, I can tell you that... Paulette Perhatch was just $50,578 off of the actual answer. OG was a dollar less than that. 
our guest Wes playing for Len Penzo was just $22,777 off the answer. The actual answer, the cost of private tuition and fees, is $39,723, which makes Wes slash Len our winner. Congratulations, Mr. Moss. Good work. It's a lot cheaper. All right. A little lower than I thought. So what was the answer again? 38 grand? 39,723. So not all private schools are the, the ones that Pepperdine. get all the headlines. Yeah, they're not all Pepperdine and, and uh, Trinity, actually. I have a nephew who went to Trinity, in, uh, which is in Connecticut, and it routinely shows up in the top five most expensive. And they're at 75, 77, somewhere in there. And that's in the top five most expensive. So um, that's a, it was, it's a stupid amount of money, but not what you guys thought. Doug, just like Bill Gates and Rice Aroni, Paulette and uh, OG will just have two. They'll have two private educations. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you can do two for the price, even more than that, maybe close to two and a half, right? Hey, time for the second half of our conversation for college graduates. Uh, second half of this conversation is brought to you by Magnify Money. Mr. Moss, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money? Tell me, please. Oh, it's amazing. You find out those brick and mortar banks don't have the market cornered when it comes to great rates and low fees. Turns out there's a lot of online banks out there. And they rate 92% of them head-to-head at Magnify Money. So whether it's savings accounts, checking accounts, CD rates, find them all at stackingbenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. All right. Second half, I want to just start here. Rather than go into don't buy a new car, make budget a habit, whatever it is, let's hear your favorites. We'll have our guest of honor go last. Uh, Paula, you want to kick this thing off? What's, what's your best advice this year for a college graduate? You're the commencement speaker you're giving them As great financial tips. What, what would what would you say? I would say, you know, get everyone on board. Create a financial culture within your friend group that is positive and focused on the future and the really the kind of lives you want to live and like be a leader in that way, but also in a way that kind of rallies everyone to be honest and open about where they are financially, because I think what one thing I've learned is definitely everyone's running around being like, yeah, let's go out to dinner. Let's do this. Let's do that. And everyone's kind of like, Ooh, you know, I mean, some people certainly aren't, but a lot of people are. And if you frame it in a way where, you know, like my friends now, we all go play pickleball on Sunday mornings and we have a blast. We exercise, we laugh the whole time. And I'm like, this is as fun as when I used to go to brunch every Sunday, you know, eating like 2,500 calories worth of maple syrup and boozy coffee drinks and, you know, spending $35. So it's kind of just like creating these repeatable habits and this culture within your friend group of this is what we do for fun and let's do potlucks. XYZ, right? Because it can be really easy for that kind of stuff to to kind of blow up. And so those repeatable habits that you have among your friends, I think are really important. I love even the wider idea there about think about your team, right? That life mm-hmm. is a team sport and you are the people that you are around. And even on the mentorship side, not just with your friends, finding some good people that have already walked your life, I think can be powerful mm-hmm. as well. Man, if you surround yourself with the right people, to your point, Paulette, and then have great mentors. Just amazing. Uh, OG, what do you got? I think the same is true for college, high school, the military. Anytime you have an opportunity to have a large increase in your compensation, the first thing that you have to do is remember that you don't have to immediately change your lifestyle to now match that level of compensation. If you're a resident physician, you know, in training and you're making 50 or $60,000 a year, literally you get your last paycheck in June and then you get your first paycheck in July with the new, your, your new salary, which might be 20 or $30,000 a month. You don't have to automatically change your lifestyle just because now you're a doctor or now you're a college graduate or now you just got promoted in the Marine Corps or whatever, whatever you lived on in March, your senior year of college would be a great place to start with as it relates to what you need to live on in May, your first day of being a college graduate. And so if you can set up the system in advance to take advantage of that, that's how you get to the point where you're like saving 20, 30, 40%. You know, Paulette, like you were talking about, like just kind of trying to get ahead of that, that kind of like, I'm going to do this for the next five years 
it's very difficult at 30 to say, okay, now I'm going to buckle down. Now I'm going to go save 25% of my income. But if you go from making 10 grand at the student union for an entire year, and now your, your data analytics job is paying you 90 grand a year, well, hell, just live on 20 grand a year. You, you've doubled your lifestyle and you can save the other 70. Like, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to start saving 100 grand a year on your $200,000 salary if you haven't saved 25,000 a year on your $50,000 salary. Wes, how about you? So are we talking to just one thing? Just one thing for now. Maybe I'll couch it with this. If the goal is complete financial freedom, if that's the goal, because this is not everybody's goal, right? As soon as possible, complete financial freedom as soon as possible, if that's the goal, then one recommendation to grads would be to always try to be as close to the revenue of a company as you can be. This works in every industry. It works whether you're a doctor, because doctors are also in the revenue business, whether we like it or not, they are. Whether it's in commercial real estate, whether it's in investment planning, whether it is in travel and leisure. If you're always somewhat close or directly tied to revenue, then you're, you're, you really have unlimited upside. And, and that, that's a, I've seen it in e- almost every industry. Anyone that, that I work with that's financially successful, those who have complete economic freedom at call it 50, 55 and up, they're always tied to revenue. And of course that goes having your own business as well. Meaning they're the rainmaker for the company. Yeah, they're the rainmaker or they really support that rainmaking team. To me, that's something to really consider. I don't know if I really thought about that at 22. Like, what do you mean? Uh, I'd be near the, the revenue? What is it? We want to, you want to be near the lifeblood of any company, which is the money coming in the door, Right. To me, that's something that I wish I learned even sooner. I think there's an accidental upside to that too, which is I think you're less likely to be laid off if you're working for somebody else. If you're tied to revenue, they get rid of you. They get rid of money coming in the door. That's uh, not going to happen as much as it would something that they see as an expense, I would think. You know, mine would be that you cannot, and this was a lie I think a lot of people believe. This is the lie that I believed out of college which is that I can out-earn my bad money habits. I will someday make enough money that my bad money habits won't matter. It's like out-exercising a bad diet. You can't do enough push-ups or jump rope for that pizza pizza or that pizza itself. Yeah, Yeah, but I live that lie, and I think a lot of people still do. They think, oh, if I just make a little more money, my problems will go away. And you know what? If you don't have any financial systems... Just a little bit more, right, Paulette? I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm on Team Paulette. Just, Just a smidge more, and then we'll be all right. Need a little more. I did that. I did that for so long. And then I realized also then, so then I thought, well, I need to have discipline. Then I realized the trick wasn't discipline. It was setting up automation that would make sure that I had good habits. Good habits for me were about setting up automation. So stuff went to the right place without me being involved. Then I could focus mostly West, because I agree with you on the income game. I could focus on ways to bring in more money but now it's automatically going to the right places. Once those habits changed, which was automation, things got so much better. But stop living, don't live the lie that more money's going to solve everything. Let's do another round of that if we can, maybe a quick fire round. Paulette, what's another one you might have for a college grad or a high school grad? Um, Learn for 15 minutes a day, every day. Oh, that's fabulous. I saw something literally today, Paulette, that if you do 18 minutes a day on average for a year, somebody did a study, 18 minutes a day on average, you are one of the top 5% in that industry. You know more than everybody but the top 5%. Like just imagine what power you would wield. OG, how about you? I I love that. I I was going to say something very similar. I was having a conversation with uh, one of our planners today and she's studying for some tests and Learning never ends. I just got Wade Fowles a second edition of his retirement planning book. It's five hundred and some odd pages of, you know, retirement planning stuff. And I'm like, this guy's one of the smartest people in our industry about retirement planning. I'm I'm gonna read through it and see if there's anything that I pick up. And, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. So it's not like I don't know how to do retirement planning, but I'm always learning. Paulette, I love that one. I'm stealing it. <laughs> Before we go to Wes and the mic drop one, Doug, do you got do you got one to share? 
No, okay, all right. I just didn't want to leave you out of that. Well, because because you've been having those conversations with kids right out of college just recently. So, uh, yeah, actually, I you know, all joking aside, the thing we talk about a lot and talked about a lot when they were younger in high school, and they just wanted to have a lot of fun was something my dad taught me, which is everything costs. Everything costs in life, and if you want to have all of that stuff early. You're going to be working for it really late in life. On the other hand, if you don't want to be working late in life, back to Wes's point in the first half of the show, work your ass off early on and do all the saving you can work, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And you got a shot at being able to retire early and live that good life that you're dreaming of, um, you know, maybe in your 40s or 50s. And uh, they both chose to go that route, I'm proud to say. Uh, I've got one who's uh, working more than I ever thought anybody could possibly work in, in any given week at, at 110 hours a week. But he knows he's just got to put his time in now. So that's, that's uh, just a way of looking at life. Everything costs. That's insanity. Wow. Well, it and is. it's funny. I have twins and they're on exactly opposite paths. One is on the path of let's build an empire quickly, you know, 14 rental houses at 27 and works 24 seven. And then I, his sibling works a part-time job in France and I know is having a blast right now. And I'm proud of both of them. But what I'm most proud of is the fact that they know that there's a trade-off like both of them know. I mean, they're very cognizant of, of, you know, what they're doing in this opportunity they have in front of them. It's, it's really neat to see them as twins go directly opposite ways. Yeah. Actually, I'm glad you said that, Joe, because that was really my goal as a parent was just to say, just be aware that everything has a cost. I'm not saying this is the right path or that's the right path, but just know whichever one you pick at any given time, there's always a cost to that. And as long as you go in eyes wide open, totally cool. Wes, bring this home for us, man. Do the mic drop. What's the mic drop? No, no pressure, dude, but you gotta, you gotta bring it. So I interviewed Bert Malkiel the other day, who for the younger folks, if you don't know him, he's the spryest 90 something year old guy that you're going to meet. And he is the author of the random walk down wall street. He wrote it 50 years ago. And the thesis was essentially the, and this is really building off of what you guys have said. The automation is the key, but it's not just about saving. It is about making sure you're fully invested in stocks, period. And once you have an emergency fund, you should be 100% stocks 100% of the time forever. And you should be broadly diversified, period. And as long as you're avoiding crazes and bubbles, that is, again, one of the very few and most important ingredients in financial freedom. One of the very few ways besides real estate, we can outpace inflation. I think that brings it home. Very nice. Well, I hope we helped a lot of grads. If you listen to today's show and you know somebody who's graduating, maybe give them this episode because I think you guys brought it home. What a great conversation. Let's talk about what each of you are doing coming up. OG, big plans this weekend. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this weekend, I am getting ready to get on a trip to uh, Nashville Military Money Conference with Lacey and her team and all those uh, wonderful people out there in Nashville next week, Wednesday through Saturday. Nice. If you're somebody that helps the military, um, supports military people, and you're writing your coaching, whatever you do, look up the Military Money Conference. Lacey puts on a great show. Paulette, are you cranking out the coaching? here at the end of April? Cranking out the coaching. And I have a webinar about how not to become the person who's replaced by chat GPT as a freelance writer. Um, And I also am doing now monthly money meals with writers where we just get together for an hour at the beginning of each month. And it's like your time to look over, you get yourself something really fun to eat. We all meet on zoom and we eat and we look over our numbers. That's fabulous. And talk about money. So you're practicing what you just, the advice you just gave. Pretty much. Which is s- surround yourself with good people. Fantastic. Uh, and if people want to hire you to coach them to be a better writer, whether they're writing now or they just have some pieces that they need to really shine, it's thatwriterpaulette.com. Yep. Mr. Moss, thank you for hanging out with us, man. Good seeing you again. 
Thank you for having me, one and, and two. It, it's very fun to be with all of you guys together. It's fun. I'm so happy that you did it, and I'm I'm amazed that uh, you were off by 22,000 and still won our trivia. So, Well, I don't know if you'll ever have me back, but this was great. <laughs> of course we will, Wes. <laughs> but what we need is what's going on at Retire Sooner. What's one thing that you haven't told anybody yet about the show, some new innovation, some cool new thing coming that you're going to break you're going to break right here on the Stacking Benjamin Show. Ooh, okay. Well, I thought I was just going to talk about my weekend, but I mean, <laughs> I would like to be at Military Money because I love Lacey Langford. She's great. I would love to see Paulette's thoughts on writers and chat GPT because I, I think everybody's nervous about it. Elon Musk is nervous. When Elon Musk is nervous about a technology going too far, yeah, we should all be very nervous. So that's... Uh, that's an awesome idea. I'm going to be coaching a different way. I, I've got the fun. This is the end of lacrosse season. I actually have a team that has a tournament this weekend in beautiful Atlanta. So that's what actually I'll be doing outside, hopefully 80 degree weather and no more than that. So uh, what are we doing on the Retire Sooner podcast that's new and breaking? I have been working because I've been doing Retire Sooner for now about two years, guys. Yeah. And probably had... I don't know, 50, 80 guests. And I've spent a lot of time in the last month looking at what I've learned from all of that because it's a kind of overwhelming, right? When, when you do a lot and you have a lot of guests, they, there's so many good things you pick up and it's hard to remember and pull it all together. And I've just, I've, I've been working on my top 10 lessons that I've learned from RSP, Retire Sooner Podcast. And I'll be launching that in the next uh, couple of days. So that's, that is exciting. Yeah. There it is. And you broke it here. I'm sure you've told nobody else about this yet. No, I have not. It's a retire sooner podcast, wherever finer podcasts are distributed. All right, man, there were, this list is long. The things that you should have learned today, but Doug, what do you think the top three were? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Wes Moss and teach your kids the basic of personal finance before they go off to college. Better to learn hard lessons now than when they're away from home. Second, remember, kids, everything has a cost. If you want the Instagram life when you're young, you'll probably end up paying for that by working later in life than you envision. But the big lesson? Turns out if you apply to Harvard for a master's in alchemy, some of your credits aren't going to transfer from Southwest Bahamas State Technical Institute and Beauty School. Get off your high horse, Harvard! Thanks to Wes Moss for hanging out with us today. You'll find his podcast, Retire Sooner, wherever you're listening to us right now. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks to Paulette Perhatch for joining us. Need to make a better impression with your writing? Looking to break into the business of writing? Paulette is ready to be your writing coach. Head to thatwriterpaulette.com for details. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamins Show. 
Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Paulette, you were going to talk to my favorite podcaster, uh, Betty Thesky, which is Betty the Sky from Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. Yeah, we were doing a story on the flight attendant call button because I hit it on a flight and the flight attendant came over and said, what's your emergency? And I was like, <laughs> water? is this an emergency button? Yeah, <laughs> right. I just water. some water. Super thirsty. Yes. <laughs> Dying of thirst, literally. <laughs> but yeah, then you had to make something up. Oh, it's super important. That I get a Sprite right now with very little ice. I'm having a cardiac arrest, and the only thing that can solve it is a Mr. and Mrs. T's mix. Right. Right. Stat. I mean, really, I, so the stories, I've never listened to Betty Thesky or Betty in the Sky, but I can't imagine how good those stories are. Oh, they're they're unbelievable. Yeah. The stuff that happens. Well, Wes, have you had weird stuff happen when you've been on a plane? You know, I was on a flight not that long ago where the woman next to me was so unbelievably mean and rude to the flight attendants. Mm. The, the flight attendants started coming, like kind of looking, they, they would turn their back and look at me and like be like, holy, like this is like the worst person I've ever had on a flight. And they kept rolling their eyes every time I'd go to the bathroom. They'd be like, mm-hmm. she was yelling at them that her vegan option wasn't vegan enough. Yes. <laughs> that is a major she frustration. she kept repeating how much she had paid for the seat. She's like, do you know how much I paid for the seat? Do you have any idea? And, and she kept saying the amount over and over and over again. Delta Platinum Elite. And I will be respected. It was... Just truly, <laughs> and it lasted the whole flight. It was a flight oh. to Hawaii. It was a flight. Oh, so it was a 10-hour flight that she berated every, and then like the senior flight attendant came on, and then the pilot came out, air marshals. I mean, it was just, it was, it was That's horrible. I will turn this plane around. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I like doing this story, I was like super tempted to become a flight attendant, like part-time. Cause they were like convincing me. And I'm like, these are my people. I really like these people, but I could never, I could never put up with people like that. Like they have to, Mm-mm. you can oh. barely tolerate me for 45 minutes. There's no way you could handle a <laughs> flight. Yeah. Flight attendants are a fun group, right? It, it feels like a great job to have. Mm-hmm. I had a flight attendant though, guys that, uh, I wanted a, um, I wanted apple juice. And the woman said, well, we only have apple cocktail. Mm. And it was, it was apple. I don't know if it's imitation apple juice or what, but she's like mm. apple cocktail. And I go, yeah, okay. Apple juice, apple cocktail, whatever. She goes, Sounds good. Well, we don't have the juice. We only have the apple cocktail. I'm like, yeah, I'll have it. But you do know it's apple cocktail. It's not apple juice. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I, I didn't know I had to get a PhD in what I'm drinking. Like she was just trying either, to sort of fight. Yeah, she, she was. Yeah. So then She's I had to stand for up, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> defend my honor with a flight attendant. She's wrestled <laughs> me to the ground, beat me up. Have, has anybody been on a flight where somebody got kicked off? We almost had somebody when we were flying to Miami a couple of months ago. The flight was delayed. It was this big long. It was the day that the uh, FAA shut down because the oh. you know internet didn't upload correctly or some yeah because Earl like, pressed the wrong button. Their single point of failure was identified in the whole air traffic system in the United States, but it was fine. We had built in enough time scheduled the connection from Miami to the Caribbean, but it was getting tighter. It was getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and everybody on the plane. You know, finally we get loaded and then they finally, you know, we finally are taxiing and it's still, eh, we got to wait and finally we go. And there was a, a little bit of a hustle and a bustle behind us. There was someone who wasn't feeling well and feeling well in the sky or not feeling well in the sky turns pretty quickly into, you know, is there a doctor on board type of thing? She was fine. The woman was fine. I think maybe she just was had a little anxiety about flying. But nevertheless, when we landed in Miami, they wanted you. to- She had anxiety about being on a plane with you. That's really- no, I was, was like, I was several cocktails in. I was quite jovial. <laughs> <laughs> Plus all the time at the lounge ahead of time. <laughs> you know, that's the downside of being delayed three hours is all that free booze in the lounge. There's no but, way that um, would make you obnoxious at all. But anyway. <laughs> we'll find out by the end of today. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so we land and everybody's got tight connections. Really tight, like 20 minutes, you know, because of the delay. And they come on the, mess- on, on the radio or whatever, the PA, and they said, listen, we have a medical emergency on board. We need everybody to stay seated until the medical mm. personnel can work with this person and then we'll get you off. And, you know, we stop and the, the thing goes ding, you know, and everybody stands up as soon as it dings, you know, not this time. Everybody stayed seated except mm. one, one woman in front of us. And she's getting her stuff and they're like, ma'am, have a seat. We got to get the medical people. She's like, I am going to miss my flight. If I don't get out, you guys still it. She starts going crazy and we're like, hmm, okay, we'll see how this ends. So then they blocked her into her seat. You know, there's like, they, they just stood in the way. So she couldn't leave. Medical people came on, escorted this woman off and she's like, I gotta go. And they're like, you're going to wait until the plane empties now, ma'am. And they stood there and blocked her one. She was in like row four a, and they've made her sit there in a 787 (laughs) dreamliner while twin aisles, three, four, three of a packed airplane deplaned until she was the last one off detention. Yeah, and everybody walked by. All the flight attendants were like, "Nice, (laughs) (laughs) high five!" And I'm giving them Starbucks gift cards. I didn't realize that airlines had some sort of like they have a carnal punishment system in there. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's just it's old school. They have a carnal punishment system. Is that what you just said, Wes? (laughs) Close. Yeah. Corporal. Corporal. Corporal was the word you were. (laughs) Carnal is a whole different thing, Wes. I will do whatever it takes <laughs> to get the carnal punishment system. That's the system your wife's under. It's a whole different one. Doug's, Doug's pressing that call button yeah. over and over and over again. It's an emergency. Got an emergency. Paulette, are you ever going to press that button again? If I have to sit next to Doug. <laughs> and now, a guy who went to his graduation ceremony and asked Lefting. Did you hear that? Asked, asked lefting. lefting yeah that's how the pros do it i was like wait a minute maybe that's a stacking <laughs> benjamins thing i don't know oh it is we ask left and then we ask right <laughs> all right three two one